0: Welcome to Under 30, the podcast series by the Youth Partnership, that brings research results, explores trends in young people's lives, and themes relevant for youth policy and practice. In 2017, the Youth Partnership initiated the research project on educational and career paths of youth workers in Europe. After three years, a lot of materials were collected, and recently the partnership has published a book within its Youth Knowledge book series called Youth Worker Education in Europe. My name is Dariusz Grzemny, and today I'm talking about the research and the book together with Tanya Basarap from the Youth Partnership. Ewa Krzaklebska, a sociologist and a researcher working as an assistant professor at the Institute of Sociology of the Jagiellonian University in Krakow, in Poland. Both Tania and Ewa are the editors of the book, together with Marti Tar We are also joined by Aisha Hajibegovic, a youth worker and a trainer, who is one of the people responsible to translate the material collected throughout the project into more accessible format. Let's begin. When you look at the website of the partnership and all the material that is collected uh, and developed throughout the project, it's quite a lot of reading. It's quite a lot of material. If you can say what kind of picture we are actually getting from the research, what kind of outcomes did we get?
1: I think you're right, Derek. There is an overwhelming uh, information and knowledge that came out what is really important is how to synthesize it and in my mind one of the ways is to actually look at it in in a different bigger chunks of information or even areas of development and i think what this research really showed is that looking at the at the pathways in youth work there is so much diversity in how both youth workers get to to this let's say professional or volunteer stage in their their life, but also how different in different countries or even regions and localities, the setting is created. So I would say with all this, you need to look at, for instance, the policy area around the the youth work. You need to look into education and how education is provided and how differently it is provided from vocational or even non-formal education opportunities to the university level you need to look at what are the the employment possibilities and career pathways for for youth workers and then also for all these supporting structures in terms of professional development opportunities. And I think if in these four areas, we try to systematize a little bit this knowledge. It helps to understand how much diversity is and how much actually uh, there are different places where possible interventions for all of us uh, involved or for different actors involved could happen.
0: Thank you, Aisha. Eva, you would like to continue?
1: Mm-hmm. So when I was
2: working uh, on editing the book, I think what came like very strongly to me is how much is happening right now in relation to youth work policy and also how much struggle there is for gaining recognition within the field and I think this book really strongly shows that there is a drive to build stronger structures for youth work. It shows examples of countries where these structures are already in place and they can be used as example or as a, g- a good practice to reflect uh, upon in other countries. It shows also the diversities but from this exchange of knowledge between the different policy levels and different stakeholders we can see what is the momentum for youth work and we can really clearly see that okay we are now at this moment we are having some institutional setting we have we have some uh, ways that the youth work is supported. how can we go further uh, to strengthen youth work so f- i think this is a very important book to describe where the youth
3: work stands let's say now
0: tanya would you like to add something
3: Yeah, I I think it's interesting because I think Eva, she was involved with us in in finalizing and structuring the research part of the work. But we did it in several stages, and every stage was we had some reflection with experts from different uh, dimensions of educational youth workers. And every time we had more questions, every time we had more questions. That's why we ended up with so much material. But I would say also it's really Interesting that what we learned was despite all this knowledge, despite all this picture becoming a little bit, the puzzle becoming a little bit more clear, there's still aspects of youth work, professional development, quality, standards setting and so on that we didn't tackle before. And for every country, because this is a study that looked at 40 countries, in every country, the entryway was always different. And that was fascinating to learn because we had not only a general study and trying to find what is common among the countries. And that's how we ended up with this, applying this theory of practice architectures. But we also learned that even if a country is in category two and another one is in the same category two, their entry points were different. Someone started with setting up quality standards and others starting with developing a university course. So that was really fascinating to learn as well in process. And it was revealing in a way that there's no one pathway to setting a policy in place that will cover all issues.
0: Thank you, Aisha. You would like to add something?
1: Just a little thing. What I found very interesting in these different pathways that Tanya, you're mentioning, is one that is shared across Europe and across the countries that were involved. And that is that a a usual entry point for people to get into youth work profession is that they had experience with youth work before and I think this is really a key message for let's say a youth field you know what needs to happen in order to have this rejuvenating of the field and to have more young people interested in this uh, either career but also in this area of development and work within the the society and I think that was really striking also that you know maybe you can compare it or not with the other occupations or other professions but you really have this experience of youth work which is a kind of a main factor that, that determines your pathway to that profession in future and I think that's really very powerful.
3: We know that it's usually fascinating youth workers that champion and motivate others to get into youth work that is what the studies have shown as well but we also know that it's not part of uh, for example career guidance it's not connected well and understood well by education sector by social work sector by maybe civic engagement generally it's not maybe so visible.
2: I, uh... Can I add something? Mm-hmm. I think also this book showed the, the importance of this kind of European guidance for policies and youth work. So we we know that and the youth work is developing from the bottom and that there is a concentrated activities on the local level, on the national level. But uh, we have seen from the book that the European policy has a guiding role for, for the local level and for the national level. And uh, what is sometimes seen maybe as abstract papers, abstract recommendations, recommendations that are being signed somewhere it actually does have impact on their practice it's kind of permeates and goes to the local to the national framework quality standards the the way people think about youth work and also it is a very important role of european level to provide training opportunities and uh, and learning uh, opportunities for youth workers
0: Thank you. I don't know if there's anything to add uh, about the outcomes of the project.
2: I believe that the book is also important when we think about the future of youth work. And I think it gives an overview what is the status quo, but I think it really gives us also some uh, ideas and hints how we could think about the development of the youth worker profession, of youth worker uh, associations, how we could uh, improve in the future the training. So I think it, it is incomplete, maybe the picture, but in in this sense, it is inspiring. It is uh, creative because it, uh, it uh, allows us to move our imagination, I think, OK, there are different ways possible and there's still a space to move. And there is a, a desire of youth workers that things should be done and that uh, uh, we can feel this drive for recognition and uh, this need for the recognition of the field, of the profession, of what youth workers are doing. And I think it gives us an idea about where we could go also as youth workers.
0: I know that there were a lot of topics covered in in the project and if we can go a little bit into these topics and and say a few words about what are the outcomes or what did we learn about these different topics, then I think it would be very useful for our our listeners to have an orientation about exactly what was covered and, and what are the outcomes coming from this.
1: I, I think the keyword word is diversity and, and really outcomes are showing how how different it is depending on geographical part of Europe in which, in which uh, you are finding yourself. But I think some of the uh, things that came out very strongly are that actually looking into career opportunities, for instance, let's take that one. There is not much opportunities beyond the, the the youth sector, or what Tanya was mentioning before. They are not really recognized as, as as such. So, youth worker or youth work as a field easily kind of gets overwhelmed by, for instance, social field or educational field in in, in certain contexts. Then, also in terms of education, the same the same thing I think was was coming out as a, as an outcome. I would say that's where you know you have some specific youth work studies but not always and not not in, in in all of the different places and then it's very tricky to find to find your path and to learn let's say youth work and not not maybe the other fields i think one of the other outcomes and it it, it was mentioned by eva a little bit is the, the importance of european level and and the training and opportunities coming from there because again there are geographical areas in which this is the only option to actually learn or become uh, a youth worker of a sort and i think th- there is an attempt to structure where different countries or different geographies again are in terms of policy development educational professional development career opportunities for youth workers however they are not on the same they are not on the same level you cannot always just say so if you're in group one or in group two or in, in, in group three, that means X, Y, Z are, are true, not necessarily. And this is what's really, I think, what's really outcome of, uh, of this research is to show how much different it is and how much actually different ways could work. Even, you know, if in some of the countries there is not much legislation around it, but then youth work profession is really recognized and pathways to education are existing, etc. cetera. But then in some, there is quite a few legislation around it, defining the youth work and everything. But then education is missing or career prospects are not really well developed. So in that sense, you cannot say there is one formula. And I think this is the main outcome. But I would really suggest to see what could work also in the other contexts and could be used in the other contexts to actually...
3: Uh, develop further? When we did the first mapping, so we did the survey with ECIP correspondents, it it was very complex for them to find all the relevant information because we were asking, for example, do you have national validation systems and structures? And in some countries they have validation systems for education, specifically, or some sort of accreditation of non-formal education. But others had validation for youth workers. So to become a youth worker, you could go through a certain process. And when we we put it together and the researchers said, okay, there's over 2,000 individual data entries here. You cannot, you really need to structure a structure. So we ended up with these 15 templates. But as soon as we sent it to, for example, representatives of member states, of policymakers, people started to really engage with this information. And they wanted to be sure that what we are putting there about their country is really the picture they have. And I remember I could even quote in some conversations, there was a youth worker who said in the morning, I'm a social worker. And in the afternoon, I'm a youth worker in my community. And of course I get completely different coverage, benefits and salary. But what matters is that, let's say she was coming from a small community. What matters is that I know that I can use multiple cards to support the young person. And this kind of bridge building dimension has been so much explored, particularly by the youth worker, the practitioners themselves, be it volunteers or professional or let's say paid people. And it was also permeating through the research from other sides. Okay, if you don't have career perspectives, then it's clear that people don't stay. They move to work in, usually in education or in cultural field or sports even, or making connections to public health uh, campaigns and social work. So it was very interesting to see this bridge. And the other point that was interesting, someone said what we learned with this survey is that we really need to put in place a system for monitoring, for getting data, for deciding what we are going to monitor about the youth work field, because they felt that it was very hard to find the information we asked. And I think the survey, the questionnaire was complex indeed, but because it was so hard to find, they thought, okay, this is an opportunity for us to think in our country, from the other side what should we put in place so that in five years if we do this research we have completely different access to information
0: okay thank you eva if you can say a little bit about the topics covered and the Mm -hmm. that would be very useful
3: so the topic you
2: could think like what are what we discuss in this book when we want to reflect on educational pathways of youth workers because it seems that okay we should just check what education uh, studies they finished what what is their uh, what is their degree how they got the job and what are the most common track to enter into the profession but if you look at the uh, youth worker profession it is uh, so much more let's say frameworks that uh, regulate youth work and uh, what youth workers are doing and this is very much reflected also in in the book so of course the book does look uh, into the provision uh, of education for youth worker there is uh, a study of marco kovacic nicola baketa and marita grubish cabo and they for example looked into 100 youth studies curricula so they checked what is actually taught in the universities and what are the degrees and what is the content of the degree that later can uh, give one uh, the title of um, uh, youth worker, or at least associated title. So that, for example, was was a very interesting study. But we know also that uh, youth workers do not only read the profession through formal education. So, as Tanya said, another topic had to be explored: that of uh, non-formal learning and acquiring new knowledge and skills through non-formal trainings. How this is happening? What are the uh, initiatives? Uh, Is local, national or European level the most active? Uh, And actually, what are the barriers to provide this up-to-date training to the uh, youth workers? And beyond these educational pathways, there are also different documents and uh, regulations that uh, speak about uh, what competences youth workers should have For example, so the competences framework, there are ethical codes that regulate how youth workers should behave during uh, the professional practice, what values and norms underline the practice of youth work, how they should build relationships with young people. And this is, I think, particularly important if youth work is... is, um, not so clearly defined. What exists there? I think if you would ask youth workers in Poland, what's the actual legal definition of the profession? I, I don't know. I'm not sure if they would know the, the, uh, the existing the definition. I think that's this book can be also an interesting read for a youth worker to see what's the situation in his her country. And particularly if they are, for example, volunteer worker and thinking about professionalization.
0: Thank you. I know there is more to talk about it. I mean, we really don't have time to talk about every topic that was in the book. I know there is a lot about support structures, networks of youth workers, uh, how this kind of network supports the development of youth work and also youth workers. So there is more to talk about it, but we don't have time, as I said. When I looked at at the results of the project, I think the message is very uplifting. I remember that we had a lot of discussion when we were designing the program of the MOOC on essentials of youth work. And then we also had a module in in the MOOC about youth workers. Who is a youth worker? How do you become a youth worker? Do you have to have a formal title given by the university? Or is it enough I go to a training course organized within Erasmus Plus project? Or or is it enough that I'm a volunteer in the youth centre and work with young people or support other people who work with young people? And what we observed from these discussions was also that there is a big diversity and everybody actually called themselves youth workers. But the way they entered this occupation or practice were very different. But then, yeah, there was always this question, can you call yourself a youth worker if you didn't go through a kind of formal training? And apparently people don't have a problem with this. Okay, there's a lot of material, a lot of things to read. Why the partnership decided to do it? Why did you need this data? Why do we need this data on educational pathways of youth workers?
3: Well, as you know, they were in two thousand and uh... 17, there was the adoption of the Council of Europe Committee of Ministers' recommendation on youth work. And one of the areas was to understand what are the opportunities for training and education for youth workers, to understand what is the picture, and to understand how many of these education and training initiatives are using competence-based models and frameworks and how they develop. So, With this broad aim in mind, and also it was a a good moment to launch this uh, research, it was in agreement of the two partner institutions, because on the EU side, there has been reflection, and Eva was involved, I think, in one of the expert groups on quality development of youth work. So bringing this framework in mind, it was important to go and understand what is happening in different countries, to understand what is the picture and to see Where do we start to focus on to build further? And I think that that was the framework, that was the background. But this process of research lasted for three years, and the book is only the culmination of two years of work. So more work is continuing, more research is continuing. And the more we continue, the more interest we see among the wider community, among policymakers, among youth work associations. I've been contacted by some to support them with uh, contacts to, so that they would set up a network of national youth workers associations. There are universities who want to cooperate with non formal education structures uh, to validate non formal learning and to give credits for that, or to build these bridges between formal and non-formal. So I think that the further the research went, the more connections started to happen.
0: Thank you, Tanya. You have been contacted by different networks. We have a lot of data. We have a lot of analysis. So what do we do with this? How we can use it now? I understand that there is a big use when it comes to policy level, but when it comes to youth work practitioners. How these people can use the, the outcomes of the research or other people, not only youth work practitioners, but there's also other people. Cause when you talk about youth work, we talk a lot of big network of different people, institutions, organizations. So how this, these outcomes can be used by on, let's say local level, regional level, national level, Aisha.
1: This is really good question, and this book, in my opinion, doesn't serve just policymakers. And I think if you look at one thing that the book brought is all this information that was under radar, in a way, is brought up in the surface. And then we can talk about how diversity is, how maybe it is hard to systematize it or everything, but it started an initiated uh, dialogue based on now some knowledge and some information and some data. And I think that's exactly what could be happening then on different levels and could be brought up by youth workers who are interested then to discuss different ways that they could be supported, different ways in which they could see their careers developing, different ways in which they could see the recognition in their context, uh, different ways in which they could could actually advocate for improvement of some frameworks or conditions for, for their work. And I would say even for actually having this move towards more sustainable youth work, because this is the the struggle in a way, and it's not necessarily the primary role of this research, but it gives so much research and information that I would say it can be used in very very different ways by different actors. The youth work organizations, associations, different professional or volunteer kind of support structures, could also use it, again, for inspiration, but also networking and advocating, I would say. And I would say even young people could benefit from it and use it in a sense of really looking into the possibilities for career uh, development and demanding that those possibilities are there, in a sense.
0: Thank you. Eva?
2: We have been talking a lot uh, about the, let's say, highlights and uplifting messages from the book that uh, show a very positive development, but I think that this book also has shown some uh, fragilities and vulnerabilities of youth work. I think it's important also to say, uh, we mentioned a bit about this very precarious, unstable work status or underfunding, and we are seeing now, as we are talking uh, during the coronavirus pandemic, that these vulnerabilities actually are are now in the pandemic really bringing a crisis to the sector because youth workers uh, uh, that for example are relying on uh, or on uh, external funding on grants and mobility projects cannot get for example paid because their payment was not based on the regular salary and and we know that maybe we should move here and compare it to a bit to different associations that I think uh, in some countries and our study has shown there are also trade unions of youth workers so maybe this book should be also kind of a push for youth workers to consider themselves more as a professional community, a community that also could kind of lobby for their rights and to reflect about their work status, their professional anchoring. So I'm thinking that this reflection could be also brought from this book.
0: Thank you, Tania
3: but it's also worth reflecting that uh, really the purpose of the book was to highlight the systemic deficiencies so not just for youth workers and not the whole burden cannot be shouldered only by one side what was interesting already that by taking a study with a wider angle we were able to connect to so many people who have a say in development of youth work broadly from policy to education, to setting standards, to checking those standards, to providing uh, opportunities for development within organizations and supporting the new, let's say new workers or newcomers new volunteers so there's such a big diversity of people in a way for the convention they've introduced this concept of community of practice which is not only about practitioner youth workers but about anyone who is interested has any possibility to contribute to take something out of development of youth work and in the future these conversations have to start to converge more There's so much more to do and we are already planning, we're working with Aisha and Bastian on some ways of communicating the results of the research for other uh, people, for other purposes as well. We are trying to create some visual communication. We are trying to think also that there's so many examples already from the countries that we collected through this survey that perhaps some sort of educational handbook can be developed. For those who want to take a step further in their countries so there will be more to come from us but i think that the most important is that these conversations have to continue and they should not be parallel at european and within national context they have to start to converge both in terms of geography but also in terms of types of actors and communities
0: thank you very much i'm looking forward to to seeing all this uh material that is going to be still produced because I think that sometimes the aspect that's very often overlooked uh, when it comes to research, which is very important when it comes to the development of, of youth work, but then the way it's communicated, it's something that actually stops people from accessing it, from reading it. And I think that communicating it through more accessible material is something that can actually bring the results of this big project into local youth work, regional youth work and different actors in youth work. Thank you for listening I would like to invite you to our next podcast which is coming very soon